There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Monday night, 8pm, the online dance live at me, Phil Bars, Jack Garwood and Lee Boyce. And we are here for another few hours talking all things darts. We know it's going to be a busy show. Gentlemen, good evening. Hello. Evening, evening, evening. How is everyone? Shackle Brothers impression to say hello. Um, all right, how are you? All good, all good. You're just excited to see me tonight, aren't you? Well, you know, Bob's actually <laughs> making a trip down to Portsmouth to come and say hello. Um, no, look, it's... It, it's all good. Um, as you boys, you're right. Been a bit quiet over the weekend in the group. Been, been up to much. All good. All good. Lot, <coughs> lot of a uh, lot of darting action. Obviously happened, and um, it probably as much happened on the board as happened away from the, the yachty. So I'm sure we'll delve into that in these next two hours. <laughs> you mean we're gonna do a two-hour dart show where we talk about things that didn't happen on a dart board but are relevant to darts? Surely not. <laughs> not in this <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, let's be brutally honest here. It wasn't the best weekend of darts. Don't mean that horribly, but we'll, we'll come on. We'll come on to that. I've seen, I've seen better weekends. That's for sure. Um, but uh, chat room again rammed already. Uh, Daniel, Tommy, Rose, how are you all doing? Uh, Kieran, James, Alex, Craig is in. Uh, Nicholas. How we doing? Matthew, G Adventures, Sam, Malachi, Bill, Daniel, uh, Laura and Maisie are in. And no doubt John is watching along as well. Uh, Joe, how are we doing? Uh, Jack, uh, Jack, Big Johnny is in. Says, who can we upset tonight? Don't worry, Johnny. The list is long and established and I'm sure we'll add to it. What do you mean upset? <laughs> when do I ever yes, upset you, anybody? Dob. Yes, you, Dob. 
Any day ending in Y? Um, how, are we, how are we all doing? Uh, remember, everyone, make sure you drop us a like and subscribe to the channel. 15 likes so far. We can get it higher than that. And we've just shared some links on social as always. So if you can give us a share on that as well, would be much appreciated. Um, we've not got loads and loads clipped up today. We've got bits and bobs, but it's been a long day. Um, we've got a couple of interview clips from the Matt Porter interview that dropped last week because there are many things to come off of that gents as well just a few <laughs> yeah i look Matt, matt's always good there's it, it's always honest with with matt look there's cert certain things that he can't tell us for for obvious reasons but if he can't tell us he'll say look I'm, I'm, i can't or for whatever reason so um, but yeah, all good. Right, so we will start with the Euro Tour. Um, my first impression, so again, chat room, do you agree as well? Um, does Matt get annoyed? No, no, he doesn't get annoyed, Tommy. There's some stuff that he can't answer because it's not finalised or for, for whatever reason like that. It's, he, um, he, he never gets annoyed, um, but there's, there's certain stuff that not just in... Um, darts in other organisations when people at the top do stuff like that there's, there's certain questions that you can't answer boys isn't there for obvious reasons Kevin some, not some of those not things that yeah, yeah. Um, but my, my general opinion of the Euro Tour this time around was one the home nation qualifiers weren't up to it overall and two it felt like a very safe euro tour in relation to 95 percent of the field had already qualified for the european championship finals so it almost didn't have that same intensity that other euro tours have had potentially i still think we saw some some brilliant games i think it just felt a little bit somber we had look plenty of Gibraltar's involved because there was a couple of late withdrawals, so that there is that to consider. In that, are they as good a darting nation as the Germans or the Dutch when they provide home nation qualifiers? Probably not. Um, it was it was a little bit somber as well. Look, Gibraltar is not renowned for being a massive crowd puller on the Friday night. The rest of it, I actually thought they were bigger, louder, and better than they have been before. It was almost like a last-minute plea saying, please don't ditch us from the crowd. They, uh, George Noble gave them a little bit of a warning at one point, but again, when the crowd's empty or, or smaller, it's easier to be noticed. When the crowd was bigger, absolutely no issues. I, I wouldn't even yeah. say... I'm harassing the players as well. I, I don't think we got it all from... The players and they were safe on stage um but that intensity from some of them that we normally get wasn't there because they're already qualified i think i think part of that though was the sort of the standard that was set on the friday would normally have a few as mentioned home nation qualifiers who have sort of got the the crowd that's in there sort of pumped up and we didn't really see that come through we the levels of danes on the friday as well didn't really excite 
yeah, there was moments throughout the weekend and it did pick up. And I agree, the crowd did get better. I'd still like to see Euro Tour back then um, next year instead of 207 in Germany. But it was a bit flatter than some of the Euro Tours that we've seen. But it's very, very hard to follow Belgium because Belgium was very impressive. So to to follow to follow that was always going to be uh, was always going to be quite difficult. It's two hundred and seven, isn't it? To be fair, right? the, the juxtaposition between Belgium and Gibraltar is a hard act to follow because yeah. Belgium went live on Belgium TV as well, so it was already one. They went mental as if it was a Premier League night or or a TV major basically for the three yeah. days. The staging, the branding, the sponsorship all looked so much better than any of the Eurotour we've seen all year. They went all out, not just one logo on top on a plain black background, and 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 whatever else. The color coordination was better. The production was exactly the same, basically, but the the crowd got into it a bit more. We had that Kim Hybrex performance as well. So yeah, to, to follow Belgium is is a bit tough when we've had Germans singing the same six songs and whistling anybody. I tell you what else I noticed I didn't get how small was the stage. In relation to when you walked around, you physically couldn't walk back to your table without going in the exclusion zone when the other guy was playing. There wasn't room to go around. Careful. You've upset <laughs> people with stage size comparisons before. <laughs> <laughs> and you always the stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> that was the moment I was like... Oh my! So people actually listen to my opinion then. That 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 was the genuine moment. Read your tweet. I was like, people listen to what I do. Um, But right again on the Friday, I want your highlight and your low light, please, gentlemen from the round one games. Again, chat room. The highlight. This as well. Your highlight and low light from round one. The highlight's quite easy for me because I was very, very impressed with Mensor Sulevich um, and the Atari Adam as well. I was a fan of that green shirt. Um, I know it had mixed reviews, but from some of the fashion statements dark players have released in the past few months, Mensor's was a step in the right direction for me. And then on the board, he produced on the Friday. Low lights. Then I'm probably. Tatum Brown falls into that, but Jeff Smith was just poor. It was just such a one-sided affair. Only one dart as a double. It was just a shocking performance for me by Jeff Smith in the Friday afternoon. So he would probably fall into it as well as Dyson. Already, I know he, he got four legs, but he was the sort of hope for me to push on the weekend if anyone was there from Gibraltar. Um, is that better, Ben? I've turned it up slightly. Uh, God, your highlight and low light? Highlight for me, not necessarily the performance overall, but the win for Vincent van der Voort, who was in a very, very tricky match against Martin Schindler in a tricky spot to follow the round afterwards with European Championship qualification on the line. So to get over that after performances we've seen from him recently, pretty solid. 
earn more darts at a double doesn't necessarily take them all. But to, to do that against Martin Schindler, who's had a decent 2022, was very, very good for him. Um, the low light for me is looking at this entire draw, the fact that Josh Rock and Ryan Meikle got drawn against each other. Didn't quite produce an exceptional game out of Meikle, etc. But at that point, you're looking at the rest of it going... Did we really have to lose one of them this early compared to some of the others? Because yeah, see your point about Friday being a bit flat. Now, the more and more you look into it, the more and more you go, yeah, you got a point. Yeah, look, it's it's hard to get excited. Um, Look, I suppose my my highlight again. You've you've touched on a a good few there. Um, I thought Stephen Bunting was sensational in being a good Daryl Gurney as well. It's not as if he's beaten a, a flat Daryl Gurney. Daryl Gurney's averaged nearly 99, um, but I thought Stephen Bunting played very, very well. My low light at the moment is Barry Keane because he set the bar so high and he's just having a little dip right now. He's a fabulous player but just doesn't seem to be able to, to win a game right now. Um, and look, he's averaged almost 90, but because of the standards he set himself, I just expect a little bit more from him there. Yeah, pro- probably one we've missed as well, looking at sort of the Freudian saying that there's not much to play for in a European Championship perspective. However, Tortard, only what, a couple of months away for some people, Another disappointment for John Henderson once more. He just can't seem to buy a win at the moment on Eurotoro TV. And it seems like it could be the end of the road unless unless he does something be done in the next couple of months. But he needs to qualify, needs to come through qualifications to even get an opportunity to do that, which is going to be a real well, shame. He's, he's pretty much got six Pro Tours to save his card, isn't he? Because off oh, the yeah, all the qualifiers. He'll be in something or he won't. Um, yeah. Right, round two. Again, not going to go through every game, but highlight of round two, and and we'll go disappointment as well. You really are determined for me to upset somebody, aren't you? Yeah. Let <laughs> <laughs> you the first job. <laughs> Get those slopey shoulders out. <laughs> um, look, anybody coming from 5 0 behind to win 6 5 on a Euro Tour is, is pretty damn impressive. Even more so that Nathan Asmore just has a thing of doing it against Dutch based opponents in the last three or four events that he's played. He's, he's ran into Vincent, he's done it to Dirk, he very nearly did it to Michael in the Grand Slam at Grand Prix, sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that fight back from Aspel. At, at 3-4-0 down, I thought Vincent's absolutely cruising this. What was anybody worried about his spot of the Euros for? Nathan's averaging 74. Vincent misses a couple of, of match darts. I'm not even sure the wheels really fell off for Vincent. Do you know, if you lose five, six on the spin from 5-0 up normally... You've got a little bit twitchy. His match darts weren't terrible. They were well thrown. I think the fact that 
when players start getting these little reputations that they can do these things, I think that'll play on a player's mind. And knowing that Nathan's done it recently to Dirt, did it to Danny Knoppet in the Grand Prix as well, sorry. Should have done it to, to Michael in, in the Grand Prix final. And, and when he's on that little bit of a comeback and he's got that little bit of a reputation as a bit of a comeback kid right now and whatever else, I think that builds that little bit of pressure as well. Remember when Van Gerwen had that 30-match unbeaten last-leg decider streak on the European Tour? Yeah. You get to a last leg and you're like, well, he's just going to beat me. It's what he does at that point. <laughs> I think that might be eking into the minds of a few Aspinall opponents right now. But when he gets on that bit of a comeback, if you don't shut him down immediately, you're going to find yourself in a bit of trouble. Yeah, I agree. <coughs> what's, so, your, what's your lowlight? Question. I don't really know. This is quite an easy one for me. Is he? Yeah, he's one of the two. Oh, yeah, I've just seen the averages. I missed the game. Yeah, that's not good. No. We'll go with that one. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> um, Boise? Highlight, weirdly, he's going to be someone who lost, but I was just so impressed with how he played in Steve Beaton. Oh, for someone who was talking about, we're talking about John Henderson just, who's in the position he is. Steve Beaton was in that conversation two, three months ago, and the levels he's now docked to, to make sure that he's going to have his thought hard next year, or being a very, very strong position for him. Yes, he's lost 6-3 to MVG, but he played very, very well, and looked like at times, when you see Steve Beaton have one of these random European runs and get to the final, there was a part of that, if it was against anyone else on that Saturday, there's a chance that that could have happened and not through. So, seeing Steve Beaton producing that standard of darts, the disappointment is Dimitri, but I guess one thing that we look at a lot is the drop off of players. So one in this has got to be Stephen Bunting. You picked him as a highlight on Friday, but yeah. the drop of what about 14, 15 points on the average is ridiculous. Losing to Johnny Clayton, he's he's gonna be the underdog, but the manner of that defeat is uh is worrying for the bullet. Yeah, no, no, I don't I don't disagree. Evening, John, hope you are good, mate. Um yeah, look there's there's a few. I thought William O'Connor played really well in defeat. Um, that Ryan Searle was steady. That's probably the best we've seen Ryan Searle recently. Um, <coughs> I thought Mensa was brilliant against Gezi. Um, so, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably go highlight. Go Mentz or Sulevich because I think it's a stunning performance to, to beat Gezi and he came from behind as well. It wasn't as if he was in front and just fended Gezi off, he had to dig deep. So I'm going for the gentle giant Mentz or Sulevich and my disappointment again, praised him last time. I'm gonna get but Bunting or Heth done, Bunting or Dimitri, take your pick, right. Sunday afternoon, and here's where it gets interesting, boys. 
Sob the games. We're going straight to MVG against Jose de Salza. Sob the darts. Let's talk about the post-match. The darts was pretty good. The darts was actually pretty good. Luke Humphries has played solid. You're right, 108 average. Amazing what happens when he throws a straight barrel darts and sticks of the more bloody weekend. Josh Rock's comeback against Johnny Clayton was ridiculous. Anybody that says he's not developed is a moron, but let's not get into that. Rob Cross looked like world <laughs> champion Rob Cross all over again. Aspinall does another comeback against Dirk. Clemens starts winning <coughs> matches against Mentor was superb. We get Hexa versus Cullen Park, 4,642,000 this year. And then we get Jose and, and Van Gogh opening his mouth. But yeah, let's yeah, sob the darts. Let's go through the two crap days and then we'll go straight to Van Gogh. <laughs> to be fair, if I could have got away without talking about the two crap days, we would have, done. We'd have gone straight to this. But we have to build up to it. <laughs> um, I didn't see this coming. Um, and it was it was definitely shots fired. And it almost felt like it was premeditated, that this has been building up for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Is it... The thing is, is it sort of a follow-on of what we saw at the Grand Prix with the sort of... I know that was between Wright Price and MVG, but it seems like now they've all left that and thought, oh, well, we need to carry this on whoever we play. <laughs> and MVG's had the build-up of some of the stuff that Jose's done, and I know Jose Dett's slated a lot for his mistaunting and then his certain shots that he does for Tops Tops being a, being a certain one, but... MVG's done some show offings as well on that stage before, we need to yeah. remember. Um, 100%. So, oh, the 1-4-1 one one when it was on 1-8-1 because Dave Chisnell had just missed the double for the 9 dart. <laughs> what an arsehole! What a complete arsehole! Right? <laughs> last week when we started it, and we went through the war of the words, right, between the big three and who's in control, right? <laughs> this random shot at Jose getting caught in the crossfires makes me think that actually I was wrong last week. Doesn't happen very often, but at the back end of the week, we said Michael had won it. He'd won the war of the words. He was in complete control and that he just stayed above it. Why are you firing shots at Jose? It's irrelevant. Until Jose starts contending for major titles again, he's not really relevant. Why are you bringing him up? This, this must make me think, though, something, maybe not this weekend, but something has happened previously in the back room that we don't know about. I'm not saying it was this weekend, but something must have tr yeah, triggered it. To, to call him, what was it, Big, big Billy Bollocks. It, it's premeditated, some of the stuff that he said. We've written a, a Dane that's been on the Pro Tour or... TV or anything like that. So, something's happened or in the practice room. Something's happened because there was no sort of... There was not the number of moments we have seen before in a Jose Dane that's made this happen, that Michael's then reacted to a lead or some sort of 120 check out on all tops or something random for that to happen. So it was a very, very strange, strange interview. Especially straight after the game. Normally, 
I find that the interviews on stage are normally afterwards, unless it's the winning, the winner and the runner-up one, the rest of them tend to be very same in the sense of, oh, I've got a great player tomorrow, or we just didn't turn up. They're very much the same sort of media responses. Michael certainly wasn't, which makes me think it was premeditated, considering he's probably done it more than most of that field. Again, though, I, I, I just I don't get it as well, because the way, that I, the way that I perceive Jose is it's not arrogance. He just genuinely can't count. So if the only way in his mind that you can comprehend hitting 80 is tops, tops. That's the way he's doing it. It's a bigger target. The man cannot yeah, no, count. I, I don't think it's arrogance it, it, at all. Joe's had a little bit arrogant, would have been told, don't be an idiot. But everything else... But, Dob, Joe's had it slated for tops, tops. However, Mervyn Tinder's had it slated for treble 16, which is a smaller bed with your first stars. I know he wants to leave double 16, and I understand the route he does it. But still, no one mentions that, that he's going to leave a potentially a dart at ball, and not even a dart at the double. I know that could happen with a, a, a dart outside if you're doing for tops, tops. It was just... I don't, I don't know. It's just strange. It was entertaining, but it was strange. That was great. Um, I just think, again, part, part of me, I think, we we touched on it last week, that it is old school, Michael. He's just letting everyone know who who the boss is again. Whether you think he's on, on top or not, I just think he's just going to do it and get in people's heads. Yeah. Maybe, but the, I but, think but there's times to do like it. Not, I just think he, that's what he's going to do, like he used to. You think of some of the arguments him and Phil used to have randomly that they'd be all right, then all of a sudden there'd be something from one of them. Yeah, but ninety percent, ninety percent of the times when there was on about this, something's happened in that down that's triggered this moment. There didn't really seem to be anything in there. Look, it will all come out. Um, I'm going to try and get an interview with Michael this week, so we will try and find that. Um, but chat rooms, chat rooms loving it as well. Um, John O'Shea saying EastEnders with the popcorn. Yeah, we know. Uh, Rose says, "Don't know why VG has such a big problem. He won." Yeah, the evening, Scotty. How are we all doing? Uh, Nicholas said, "Kevin Painter would be proud." I love Kevin to bits, but he could start an argument in a phone box with just him. But <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> <terrible folks. laughs> um, but yeah, and where is it? Phil makes a very good point. So I wonder what MVG would have thought about its right ball, treble seven ball. <laughs> it's a very good point. <laughs> um, but look, back to the darts. Like we said, Peter Wright was sensational. First time we'd seen the New York darts, as we as we call them, for, for a while. And they look mustard with them. Completely. And you know what that means, don't you? It'll change next week. And have something completely different in his hands when we see him on stream in round four at the Pro Tour this week. Yeah, completely. Uh, Rose says potential fine for MBG. Oh, absolutely. There, there, there's a yeah. there's a final day <laughs> coming. Yeah, I don't think that's potential. Yeah, yeah it's <laughs> that's definite. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, no potential. It'll be a, it'll be a little two hundred and fifty between two hundred and fifty and five hundred quid fine. 
Yeah, he's been pretty quiet this year, so he's he's probably got an allowance. Do you know what I mean? He, he, Michael strikes is <laughs> the sort of person that puts a couple of grand aside at the start of the year. And now it's October. He's like, oh, this will pay for the DRA's Christmas party at the start of the year. And it just gives him freedom to say whatever he wants for a bit, leave it a while since he last opened his mouth, and then go again and just have a bit of fun. I was just going to say, you don't mention very often, just off that topic, you don't mention very often in the chat room about the vodka lead, but someone's mentioned that the Jose way has appeared in the vodka lead of top stops. Is that the way that you're down at 80 when you find a Wednesday after you've uh, had a few, my oh, friend? Yeah, 32, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I can't it's remember that side after it top once. I'm not about to try and do it twice. <laughs> On the DRA fines, we, we must be due a Gary Anderson outburst as well, because we haven't had one of them on TV for about a year. Because he's not got far enough on TV. You have to win a first-round game <laughs> to get an interview. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that. But true. To, to be fair, bring on, bring on the Worlds then. When he gets to the Ukrainian qualifier, we'll get a rant then. <laughs> um, right. Quarterfinals in the evening. Uh, Peter Wright. Again, another tongue-topping average over the 105 to beat Luke Humphreys. Brilliant stuff from Snakey again. Um, Rob Cross edged out Josh Rock, but it's another tongue-topping average for the developed, undeveloped um, Josh. Look, I know we take take the piss. It's not it's not a Josh. It's, it's in the system. Um, but look, a quarter final for Josh on the Euro Tour. Super stuff from him. Uh, MVG beats Nathan Aspinall. And again, those two, those two shared a joke at the end. And I can't help but think, do you reckon Nathan said something? You're going to have a pop at me now in an interview or something like laughing and joking? Because they were like proper laughing at the end of it. Um, and then uh, Damon Hetter beat Gabriel Clements. So semi-final. And we'll go a little bit more on this. Peter Wright absolutely obliterated Rob Cross. 7-1. Another 108 average. And I think I saw a stat on Twitter. Someone will correct me. This is the first time since 2020 that Peter Wright's averaged over 105 three times in a row in any competition, whether that's the Pro Tour or TV. Yeah, I saw the same stat. Pretty impressive. But those back, those back to the point about the darts. <laughs> Once yeah, more, does it? It's just. Um, and gone by yeah, look, he was he, he was sensational. Um, and then Damon Hetter edged out Michael Van Gogh, and in the last leg, again, both over the hundred and two average. This was just a damn good game of darts. It's not comeback as well because Hetter's been spoiler alert for what's coming up as well. He's been the nearly man very often this year. He has been the Chris Doby of 2022. Chris Doby in 2021 was one of the top performers in terms of averages and performances and just was not getting results. And it, it sort of felt like Damon Hetter was going to be that man this year. Okay, he won the World Cup with Simon Whitlock, but there's a difference between getting over the line with a partner and getting over the line yourself. And it, it can help some players, it, it cannot help some players might be the boost that someone like Michael Smith needs to, to start going out and just knowing what picking up TV silverware feels like, for instance. Um, 
But yeah, he was he was magnificent in that comeback. Held his nerve. I don't want to say held his nerve too much because they both missed more darts at double in that final leg than it felt like they did for the entire match combined. Um, but he just held his nerve a little bit better than Peter did in that instance. Who I've never seen Snakey react that way. To me, he was even more emotional and more in- involved in this final, standing at the table, not looking, etc. Then he was in two world finals, three world finals, two-time world champion, whatever. There was more emotion. Him stood over the table, not looking at Damon's darts at doubles at times and whatever, and waiting to come back for a Eurotour title. Then I saw from him world champ TV major finals. It was bizarre. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd go with that. Yeah, it was it was weird, but. A very, very deserved winner in Damon Hatter. As we said, an excellent 2022. He's getting better as well. Yeah, keeps getting yeah, better. I just, I, just, it, oh, I should say, looking at the day, the day of wins, it's, it's not... I'm not saying a Euro, winning the European Championship can be easy, but you can certainly have an easier run than Peter Wright, Michael Van Duren and Joe Tullin on the final day. <laughs> There's probably not been many who have done on and won a Euro Tour with a more difficult Sunday than what he had. Um, and to then come through two last-led deciders against Rice and MVG, yes, he was given plenty of opportunities in that final lead um, where either of them could have won it at that stage. But fair play for Damon finally getting over the line and adding that trophy to a World Cup and what, in general, will be a very, very good 2022 disappointment with the World Series still that will be part of it but the recovery to bounce back after a World Cup win having a poor World Series but going on to win a, a European Tour is certainly going to be a contender to how deep you would think in the, in one of the TV tournaments coming up um, Yeah look and I hope this is the catalyst because Damo's floor form has been sensational and at times on TV, it's just not quite happened. So I'm hoping winning the mini major, as they've been called, and, and that maybe just give him that little bit of confidence to, to go on and produce what we've seen on the floor on the bigger stages. Yeah, I'm with you. I think probably the best credit you could give a player of Damon Hatter is when it come up on the screen that it's Damon Hatter, world number 19. People are surprised that he's that low because you actually expect him how he's performed recently that his ranking is actually yeah. higher than what it is. Um, that is just down to TV, just his, how he's performed on TV because he's at 19 due to generally what he's done on Pro Tours and now on the Euro Tour, which has pushed him up there to that mark. But he's firmly in the top 20 and like I said, with big tournaments coming up, he will one, he will be aiming for a top to be in that top sixteen by the time the the year ends, and he can certainly do that with performances that he'd done in all three games on Sunday. Yeah, so that was the final Euro Tour of the year. We're not go deliberately. We're not going to look at the European Championship draw because we will preview it properly next week, um, as we always do in the in the build up to to the tournaments. So. From there, the secondary tours have now finished. Um, 
which is great. Congratulations to Scott Williams, um, who topped the challenge tour order of merit. We'll look at that more in a minute. We haven't got the screenshots, but we will talk about the final challenge tours of the season, first of all, boys. And before a dart was thrown, there was a lot on the line at Leicester this weekend. Tour cards and spots at the World Championship up for grabs. Yeah, and I guess this is where the tour's really weird. Like I said, we're going to talk about Scott in a minute, but actually he has been the most successful player on the Challenge Tour this year, but because he's done so well elsewhere, it's strange that we're almost going to ignore him when we talk about qualification for the World Championships and a tour card. Scott's pretty much secure for both of those, or we expect him to be, via the Pro Tour Order of Merit. So it was really down to those two and three spots, a bit on the line in terms of how this then relates to the Dev Tour spots as well, because Challenge Tour has a higher priority ranking than Development Tour if, if a youngster was to go through and, and do damage on the Challenge Tour as well. Um, but ultimately... Despite all that on the line, I think we saw something even more significant over this weekend. And that is titles for the French jury. I was going to say, surely what we've seen in the last six weeks, France have to be at the World Cup next year. I know we're not going to go into it deeply, but surely they have to be. I mean, as a person that absolutely despises talking about the Premier League that is only three months away, we're nearly nine away from the World Cup. So I want to be very, very careful with it. But <laughs> not involved, given the performances of uh, Thibaut Trico and Jacques Labra, I will be fuming. <laughs> Especially as we've been promised changes to the World Cup this year. So we're expecting more spots, potentially a, a change in format or something. We still don't know exactly what that entails. We've just been promised them a change to the World Cup. There wasn't enough time for it to happen this year. The PDC sent out a fan survey before that event as well. Um, it looks like they're taking those sort of things on board because as a tournament, I think we all feel not that it's been neglected. And in past, there's certain people that say they don't quite enjoy it as much. But the fact it's the only pairs event, the only chance to really play for your country, and... The ability of some of these emerging nations now as well, all those sort of things just mean that it can be a really valuable asset to the PDC. Um, so, yeah, two French players, both winning the Challenge Tour, one after the other, following WDF wins recently and, and, and whatever else. Those two are starting to form now. And I think the fact that they're both emerging at the same time is good for them and good for French arts. Because they'll just keep pushing each other on. In the past, when we've seen countries break through, in fact, before this year, nobody knew who Jacques Labra was. Yeah. 99% of people in darts did not know who Jacques Labra was. We knew who Thibaut Tricot was. He'd been floating around the sport for a little while now, um, particularly in the WDF side of things. We'd, we'd seen glimpses of him before in the PDC as well. But in the past, when we've had countries emerge, we've seen one player go. And then everybody else have to catch up. We, we still got it now in, in South Africa with Devin Peterson. We've got Diogo Portela in South America, who we're going to talk about in a bit as well. But the fact these two are going together and somebody has caught up Tebow and is there to push him on, to travel together, as long as they don't get separated next year. 
if one of them gets a tour card and one of them doesn't, that might be an issue in terms of one traveling one week and one going back and forth. But it, it looks like they're pretty content as a duo right now. And it's good yeah. to see. And, 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 and on that, the first one, Challenge Tour 20, Tebow set up an interesting scenario because he played himself into contention for those top three spots by beating Jean Van Veen in the final. Look, it was, whoever would have won this, it was a huge result for both of them because they, they were both in there and scrapping. But it was Tebow who took the opening challenge tour and played himself, like we said, into contention. And then players, cha- sorry, challenge tour 22, it was the French double because it was Jacques Labra who beat Lee Evans in the final. Um, but slightly more important, obviously we've touched on the French, Robert Owen getting to the semi-final, Lee, was a huge, huge statement because that's almost the result that that got him over the line in terms of that hunt for the second spot. Yeah, that was the crucial part of it, especially with the charge that Tebow had made in the first one. The last thing Tebow needed was someone in and around that sort of mark already could rest into a semi-final or a final and then it just seemed like there was a there was still an opportunity, but there was a lot needed to be done on the Sunday for Robert Owen then to be to be knocked out of that. And it it was such a good um, session for um, Robert Owen to get through that. Also very impressive Nathan Durvin and then into a semi final. But on in regards to the race for the tour tide, it was a very, very impressive challenge tour for Robert Owen. And then moving on to the Sunday. Uh, Challenge Tour 23, heartbreak for Boise, but I have a friend of the show, Joy, either either way, us as a show, they they both watch in and we're both friends of them all. But it was the Welsh Dragon, Justin Smith, who picked up his first PDC title gob. And again, he'd been threatening this for a few years. Threatening it for a few years, yeah. In terms of a 180 hitter, he's pretty prolific. In terms of the B side of his game, I still think there's work to be done. We've seen it a few times in the Super Series, Live League, etc. And back as far as the development tour as well, I believe. Um, and, and given the start of the week, he was posted on social media saying it hadn't been the best season for him. He was a little bit disappointed. It hadn't quite all come together. To go and produce the win right at the back end of it, beating some pretty good players, beat Nathan Gervin in the, in the semi-final as well, uh, Gary Blades in the last 16, they're all solid, solid results from Justin, who can take that into next season now, or Q school. Yeah, definitely. And, and look, although he lost Boise, still a good showing for Matty Dennant and something he can build on. Yeah, it's not been a great year for Matt. He's had opportunities in the Super Series and Challenge Tour hasn't done to plan. But this will be the building blocks for going into... Um, Anything he's entering the baton of this year and ready for Q-Store, which I know will be there again. Um, new management company. So, steps in the right direction, hopefully, for Matty and that one and that um, tour third in January. If not, if we can put these levels of performances, there'll still be plenty of opportunities for him. I'm sure we'll see him on the Super Series, especially one is it in the numbers, what he did in, on Sunday afternoon in the first one. But, um, enough. <laughs> 
then on the momentum of enters back to back semi finals. I know it's over two days, but Nathan Durban just continues to impress. Um, the final challenge tour of the year. First of all, before we go on to the uh, eventual winner, it was in the last 32, I think, when Robert Thornton beat Stephen Burton. was the joyful moment that the other Welshman, Robert Owen, could relax um, because it was building... But it may have got a little bit twitchy at one point, but that result, Robert Thornton beating Stephen Burton in the last 32, was the champagne bottles popping as they all drove down to Portsmouth. Um, but Andy Hamilton rolls back the years. I must admit, didn't see this coming from, from Andy. He'd been okay this year without really doing much, but some tidy performances, especially in the quarterfinals and semi-finals, and for, for the hammer to get over the line in a last leg decider, um, got decent stuff. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit harsher on Andy. I'm not even sure he'd been okay this year. I'd seen him at a couple of seniors qualifying events, the Open Series back in Newbury, um, and a couple more throughout the year, and I've been a little bit disappointed with results and performances hadn't really done any damage to the ranking system i think nubu was his first one that was the first time he was eligible so he missed the first couple of major qualifiers but yeah hadn't really done major damage there we've seen him at the super series and, and the live now live league I don't recall him did he make a finals night yeah he made finals night but but no more and for somebody who <laughs> It's not long ago that Andy Hamilton was a top three dart player in the world consistently. He just sat at the top of that ranking and then made semis and finals all over the place. Um, it, it's good to see him back there. He is a character. He's got one of the most recognisable actions in the sport. I'm not sure I enjoy watching it all that much, but he does have one of the most recognisable actions in the sport. Um, and that's a good win for him to end the campaign as well. Another big season ahead for him if he does intend to go and get his, attempt to get his tour card back or if he's going to play more seniors darts, more more super series, etc. Andy Hamilton winning games and tournaments is, is good. Here, here we go. Before before we look at the table, I've just seen a picture post that Matt Ward's put on social media. You'd be fuming if you were playing Matt Ward's dart team tonight. Talk about bringing a ringer in. Carol Sedlicek playing local league for Matt Ward's team. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, the Challenge Tour Order of Merit, like we said, looks like this. Um, congratulations to Scott Williams, who tops the table. Um, there's still work to, work to be done, and Danny Van Tripp will be praying that he stays in that top 64, Gob. Oh, sorry, Boise, we don't... Because a lot is on the line for Danny Van Tripp here if Scott Williams gets his tour card through the other way. Yeah, you you would expect Scott Williams to do it. However, it's not nice, as I'm sure Robert Owen would tell you, even though that was only a couple of errors and Danny's a bit lunder, sitting and waiting for someone else and relying on someone else in an individual sport 
is horrible because you've got you can't do anything more than than wait. But I would assume Stock Williams will do one, and being that top sixty four, you would expect to run at one of the tournaments to get him enough to be in there. Um, and to be honest, it would be the just deserves to Stock Williams, who's been incredible this year. If you think of Getting normally reserve one is because you've performed well in the challenge tour at the opening part of the year and he's put you in that position. But actually, he's not only done that, he's maintained the levels on the challenge tour as well as doing so well on the Euro Tour, Pro Tour. We've done him in the rankings years. It's just been an all round great year. Not only that, he was, you know, in Super Series for this week, he was in Champions Week. He's every, every, Competition he's entered, we've with Pro Tour, Challenge Tour, Super Series, Live League. He has performed this year. It's just been a fantastic year for Stock Williams, and I'm sure he'll be in the top 64 come January the 3rd. I suppose just looking at these figures, got obviously ranking point stroke money. One thing I, I will bring up, because a lot of pros talk about it quite often, and with the Super Series now there. The money on offer from the Challenge Tour, is it enough when it's supposed to be the second tier of professional darts? With the cost of living and what it costs to do these weekends, is the prize money enough? Probably not. But then we look at the very bottom end of the Pro Tour rankings, Kevin Burness and Richie Burnett both picked up their tour cards this year. They've earned 8.75k, 9.75k. Is that enough for them to commit and be full-time professional dart players? No. Right. And no you've got to fund prize money from somewhere, obviously. And a few years ago, there was cost of living was lower expectations were a little bit lower sponsorship was a bit more easier to come by i guess in terms of being a player but there was also entry fees to be paid that contributed a little bit to prize monies etc it's just the balance of money in life really isn't it that uh, there's work to be done there for the pdc to address it somehow i think yeah i'd go with that Um, so with that, we also have the final development tour. I know we spoke about this last week, but the ranking is here, and it was Nathan Rafferty who ended up topping the order of merit from Josh Rock. Um, but look, I suppose when we when we look at this, the obvious thing that stands out is it's been dominated by tour card holders. It is. No surprise. Three of those tour card holders who also have access to earn money on the Pro Tour have earned more from the development tour than Scott Williams did through the Challenge Tour. I was about to bring that up. That's mental. Yeah. That... Surely that, that's not... Right's not the right word, but the development tour is exactly what it says. It's for developing players, where the challenge tour is the second tier. 
yet these boys are earning more more money. I swear. Nine of the top ten earned more money than Robert Owen did on the retrospective tour. Look, Robert Owen's earned seven or eight grand through the pro tour as well. Yeah. <laughs> but when five of that top ten already have tour cards, or well, five of that nine have tour cards, and then they've earned more than the challenge tour. Yeah. It's just a little bit weird. I'm not even sure I know the solution right now. I just know it's not right. And that, that's difficult yeah, no, to sit here and just, and just openly have a pop at it and, and say it's wrong and whatever else without having a solution because I don't like to be in that position. But it, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, agreed. Um, Bob says, tour card holders, in my opinion, should be able to play the development tour, um, but they can play in the World Youth Championship. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, 100%. We've, we've, we've said this many times. Yeah. I'm, I'm speaking for all of us here because for once, we actually would agree that playing on the dev <laughs> tour shouldn't be allowed. The World Youth is a, just a different thing altogether. So again, no no issue with, with that. But that is both tours out of the way. And of course, the Women's Series conclude next weekend um looks like a, a pretty straightforward it's a straight shootout between Farn Sherrick and Bo Greaves for second spot um which we will be streaming Eileen might, might have something to say about that Phil nah she might have something to say but I'm still not having it <laughs> Um, yeah, we haven't worked out the, the, the finer details yet, but we will be um, streaming it, so don't worry about that. Right, here we go. Let's get ready, because this could be a long subject. Three letters. It's been an interesting weekend for the WDF on many fronts, boys. I think it's fair to say. Is interesting the right word? We passed nine o'clock. Um, no, actually, it's been a shower of shit. Um, how do you how do you <laughs> disappoint you? Gob's trying not to laugh. No. Um, How dare you? I'm, I'm a professional. First of all, we, we will do their grand announcement, which actually told us nothing that we didn't already know, apart from <laughs> there's a £40,000 prize fund across the whole Masters. Um, Boyce, I'll let you take the lead on this one first, and then me and Gob can jump in. I don't know what the lead is. I sort of the sense of they made an announcement three weeks ago that told us very little. Then they made another announcement that has now told us very little. Um, it's this tournament is less than two months away, and. It's the second biggest event in their calendar. 
I don't want to say like I'm repeating myself, but there's still certain aspects of it that are just not released. We don't know. £40,000 spread across the Masters for me doesn't seem huge, but the sense that we don't know how that's broken down is is one thing. Yes, Dob? That's a Euro sign. So 40,000 euro. 40,000 euro. Which is less so just a little pound. bit less. For now, it's just 40,000 pound. It might not be if our politicians carry on. Carry on. Yeah, so so forty thousand euro might might actually be better come December. So they might have to reevaluate that, and that will change the pounds. <laughs> it's a lot of, a change will make, but it's it's just disappointing for the the players' aspects. The cost it's going to be for the players. You don't know what you're earning, and the biggest disappointment for me, I guess, right now, is the released a schedule or the released a format of what's happening in the group stages but not told up until the last 16 i want to say um and then we don't know what's happening afterwards we still don't know how we can watch it um there's there's so much i've, I've spoke to quite a few people about this a few players management of players and there's, there's just there's no one who's happy with the announcement is what i'll say without mentioning anyone but there's no one who's who saw this and thought well at least at least now we can we can plan for what's to come at the start of december it's just a messy situation that was the start of a bad week for an organization which i can't remember the last time they had a good week from our perspective it would probably be late side and there was still elements of that that didn't know to plan but that was the the last time that the wdf come out of a darting week where people spoke about it positively other than a, a few minor incidents we'll say Phil um, but other than that I can't jokes aside from April I can't think of a week we've had where we've actually been or not even us I don't want to slight them every week but anyone has been waxing lyrical about how how did the WDF have been it's just a I'm not going to use the share of but it's been coming very close to that it's just the shambles. Um, Total shambles. Before, we move, before we go on, Ben makes a very good point, and I did read this. My fault. That forty thousand euros is for the Masters and the World Open. That's a combined prize pool, which makes it even worse. Secondly, I've just dragged up the information. So the last World Masters that we had, you know that that infamous one with redraws and players. We're threatening with bans if they let the stuff out on social media and stuff like that. Um, the prize fund for that tournament was £70,500. Was that for the men's and the so, women's? Correct. I'm, I'm reading, reading it here. The prize fund for the last Windmill World Masters. Well, no, sorry. The All-Star World Masters, because Winmar weren't doing it then, was £70,500. So the prize fund this year is almost half, or sorry, less than half, and it's for two tournaments. When players slave away, travel for a year... I'm going to say it. It is absolute bollocks. 
for the second biggest tournament in your calendar, they are playing for absolute peanuts. I don't, I don't, I don't know even more, see much more it. They, they've killed it. They've absolutely killed it. it. To me, that event for them is actually more valuable, or it should be treated more valuable, because it has the reputation as the oldest darting major oh, in the world. The, the, the Masters is huge. That trophy is yeah. iconic. The history of that event is bigger than anything else because we've had two world championships for so long and the clashing of that. There's been debate over that. Look, the PDC have their own Masters tournament. There is absolutely nobody on this planet that compares the PDC Masters to the BDO, WDF, World Masters. Same name. Nothing else is similar in them at all. PDC just needed another event, and I'm not really sure they needed that. The, the history in this tournament, the names on the trophies, we saw how passionate John O'Shea was about it previously. The issue is, the tournament is the format. The format is the tournament. That is everything. That is the most recognisable bit about it. The minute they lost that, the minute they started to treat this one with disdain almost. Trouble. I, I would also add to it as well. For me, we talked about it's got to be on TV. We need to be able to view it. But it's it's it still is their second biggest event. I know what you're saying, Dob, but from a WDF perspective, it's still their second biggest event. The fact you've got it sort of spread in there and mixed in there with the World Open, which the calibre of that field... Why will potentially be the same as the Masters? I'm guessing because everyone's going to be there. And I understand the toss of these tournaments, but to sort of merge them into Deva, to merge the prize money to Deva, it, it just loses it loses a lot. And they might not have merged it. It might be 30,000 30, euros for the Masters and 10,000 for the World Open or whatever. But it's just getting a bit lost how much the World Masters means to the darting world to fans, to people who follow it, to winners in like says, I don't think we're gonna we will never be able to meet the level of passion that John O'Shea had when he came on around the World Masters and that there should be you know playing for the trophy and all that sort of stuff. To be in the situation we are in now that that is terrible and the fact that you've had I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great 
great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's in your qualifiers as well for the World Championship on the Monday. And then it's additional toss, but these players are going to a qualifier for their World Championship, which is the pinnacle of a lot of these players' careers. And they don't know when that is taking place. So you could be in a situation where, you know, all these people or the majority of them work. They all have family commitments. The World Championship tends to be around Christmas time. You know, they rotate a month or two. It's just, it's ludicrous. I, I don't want to swear. I know you have a few times about it, Phil, and I have a few times on a message to the Perrier, but I don't want to swear <laughs> on the show about how bad how bad it is. It, it's so frustrating. Especially seeing, I can't remember who it was, who, one of you sent me the message to say, here's the update. And I was like, oh, well, good, we're going to hear something. Every week for six weeks. <laughs> yeah. He's sat there going, boy, we're going to get an update this week. I can feel it. <laughs> it's just like, broken clock is right twice a day sort of thing. It's just like, but it's got to come soon. So if I keep telling you it's coming, it might actually arrive. It, it, it's just... Oh, the aspect of it... The prize fund is €18,000. That means the prize fund for the World Masters is €22,000. A split across men's and women's events. And then that's got to break down in half at every round that they're paying out of. To wherever they finish paying out. If that information on that flyer, then it should be on their site or whatever else. I haven't seen it or come across it. The fact that none of us have when we've looked at the announcements, we've, we've been on socials and whatever means that either somebody's put out early or it was deliberately hidden. And if it's been deliberately hidden, I'm going to start accusing people or whatever, but it just feels a little bit underhand what's going on at a minute. Leave the the announcements and everything as late as possible so that people have committed their entire year to the tour, put themselves in a position where they've got to book things, they've got to go for it, and then they can turn up and complain about it afterwards. But at least the event happened instead of, structuring things properly, having open conversations and making sure that your entire field's going to turn up, not spend the entire week moaning. Like, in, in a social media era, it is impossible to hide everything. Possible to hide anything. Something will come out eventually about every single situation. Just just a point in the comment that Steve's made about the players only have themselves to blame for sticking with the WDF. As an amateur player, you only have certain opportunities to play, to earn decent amounts of money. And I know we're slating off how much the, the prize money's dropped, but it, if you don't want to win it, it's still a decent amount of money. The other opportunities out there are the stuff like ADC. You can tend to do, other than when they clash, you can tend to do, 
a mixture of WDF, ADC, Super Series. So there is opportunities out there for all of them. For me, there is zero blame here on players at all. It's solely down to how this is being run at the minute, which is, for me, is fast thought. I'm just having a look um what Ben um Patrick, that's great for that information as well, mate. Thank you very much. Just looking at what Ben said as well. I think it may have been removed, mate. I'm just having a look on the website now and I can't see it. It's it's under a hyperlink, it's not even as an image. Is it not? I thought I was looking for an image, that was all. Um so Yeah, the World Open prize pot of more than eighteen thousand euros. Wow. <laughs> Rose, that's a bit cynical. That's like Luis Suarez bid of forty thousand and one pound from Arsenal. Um, but the other one as as well on this that, like you say, like one the lack of information and and right, pe- people seem to think that I hate the WDF. Look, I'm fully on board that the needs an amateur game. I just don't agree with the way it's being run. And you, you two boys know that because we speak about it a lot. It's not. The organisation that I think it just needs to be run properly, but go go back to what we were saying about lack of information. These these statements are coming out and everything like this, but there's no name attached to it either. No one from the top of the WDF is putting their name to anything. Would you want to at the moment? It's not no, right. you I think you find hundred percent. No, look, <laughs> you wouldn't. But this flies from twenty twenty one. Is it? Yeah. Oh, sorry, I, I haven't seen it. Fourth of December twenty twenty one. From God ranked. Have they still got twenty twenty one flyer on their website? website? It's also five days. Yeah, but... It also dated five days before the event starts. So yeah, let's ignore the flyer and ignore the eighteen grand number for now. Probably not more than eighteen thousand euro, then, is it? Even the even the part of it there, that there's an example, Dob, of just the communication. The communication on the update even says about the playing formats, not head stages through to and including the last sixteen will be best of seven. Not dead stages for the final stages to be confirmed. If you go onto their calendar and on their event and you look at the event there, it actually does give you a breakdown of how it will run to the final. So they're either going to confirm it at a later date or they've already released it already somewhere else on their website that says that the final would be a uh, best of 13 leads. So it's just then the inconsistencies sort of sum up where we are at the moment with the WDF in regards to. The communication is key, and we're just not seeing anything from them. 
Lord says, what did you say, Dobsy? Tweet, I've been saying there's an update coming about the Masters. And I think at one point you said to me, off air, that why have you heard something? Well, no, I've not heard anything because I don't think anyone's heard anything. That's the issue. No one knows. Which then goes back to the circle too. No one knows because no one's accountable for these announcements. And look, the weekend went from bad to worse in terms of coverage as as well with the, the Northern Ireland Open. And look, we weren't there, so we're not going to point fingers or anything like that. Who's to blame or, or the reasons behind it? But again, it just looked so bad that there was redraws. There was players that had won their first round game comfortably. Then a redraw happens. They then lose their first round draw. You had players waiting. Was it four hours between games? Um, You're going to get that in those places unless you've got the PDC change the game in terms of what they can do on a floor event. In terms of the number of boards they can get set up, the number of active games they can have set up, and the timing and waiting between those games. Not everybody's going to run to that level. Even things like UK Open qualifiers, where they send PDC representatives to look after the draw you get that long away. So that, that's a byproduct of grassroots start sometimes. Challenge tour, you can get massive weights. Q school, you can get massive weights, etc. So I'm, I'm going to give a pass on that one. Lack of updates in that process, not so good. But waiting times is unfortunately a byproduct of floor events. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. But like I say, just the look of the redraws, people going nuts on social media uh, about it and that there was a former BDO chairman that was that, that was there and stirred the pot somewhat and Morbid. all the oh, don't get me wrong I'm not saying he's right or anything like that but can you imagine the uproar if that had happened on his watch like it did at the Masters yeah, I, no, I agree with the I agree with the points around the redraws. You know, it, it's not right. It, then it goes back to it's not right on the players and all that sort of stuff. For me, just the Muppet comment is based at someone trying to keep themselves relevant in a sport that they're no longer associated to, other than their partner playing in. Um, and one tournament a year in wherever it puts the BDO tournaments now. Other than that, the, the person has zero relevance in the sport and a, a statement like that, he's just trying to keep himself at sorting points. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's all he's trying to do. And I mean, move on from that. But the, the redraw situation, people playing first round, one, one and then we don't know what we've heard. One one person who played a dame who was on stream was who actually won that dame posted that they knew two lads into that dame, two or three lads into that dame, that a redraw was going to take place. So that dame was null and void anyway, but allowed them to play out that dame until the finish to sell them afterwards. Just seemed very random, not right. And then it's just that everything that's associated with him at the moment. Nothing seems to go well. 
Like, I, look, it, it, really, it, just, it just doesn't make and any sense. One thing I, I will say to people listening who probably think that we, with Tom on at the moment, we are slating them every week. We don't want to. We really want the Masters, more than anything, a World Championship to run as smoothly as anything, to see the best players who are not on the Pro Tour competing at the WDF World Championship, whatever you want to call it, competing at the Masters, competing at an Open and seeing these on telly. We want to see that, and that's why we're all. That's why the three of us are frustrated, and we are constantly complaining about it because we really hope that that does change, and that we'll see announcements that will help fans, pundits, media, players, Tom's, all those, so we can have a plan of what to look forward to. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's just. A sad, sad state of affairs, and even on Twitter, the, the WDF hardcore fans are now saying, "I'm not sure the World Championship happens." And some some of those people that have put that, I'd never thought I'd see the day where they actually put that. I think it does happen. I'm just question. To what experience it'll be. I had a different experience last year because I was there, but from the couple of days I wasn't from a from a viewing perspective, it didn't live up to a it's the best way to it didn't live up to a world championship is probably the best way to explain what I saw as a watching it and being there. It didn't have that feel about it. I'm not disclaiming world champions by any stretch. I'm just saying the production, the the whole feel of what happened didn't have that feel of a of their top tournament. Dobbs pulling faces like he's trying to stop me speaking. You know what I mean, Dobbs. <laughs> Let's not go down that path again, shall we? Um, right for some for some for some better news. Let's um. Let's bring this up. First of all, we are just going to watch this clip and enjoy it of one of the best 116 finishes I've ever had the pleasure of watching. Chris, you require 116. And so is it going to be the story of all stories? Tops. Game Chris, shot and the match. Champions Week. It is the Super Series story of 2022. From commentator to champion, Chris Mason is there with an 88 and a half average. Boys, another sporting fairy tale. Mace wins week 13 of the Super Series. Wow. And look, fair play to him as well. No. Bugger it. Lying little shitbag. Because he's been playing solid and he knows he's been playing solid. He wouldn't have put himself through this if he wasn't playing solid. I've seen it firsthand on a Friday night at a seniors event. Doesn't necessarily come off for the rest of the weekend. There is no way he would have said yes to this if he wasn't playing well. And he spent the last four, five, six weeks 
of people of dropping hints that he's playing, and every single time he does, or, or letting the card back, it's swiftly followed with, I've got no chance. Right, and obviously there's some rustiness. There was a few missed darts at big numbers, shall we say. He's missing the odd double by a long way. If it's a dart at tops, I see some in the in the single five and that sort of thing. Right? But the scoring power was ridiculous. Darts under pressure, little bit to work on potentially. But the A game was as good as anything we've seen on the Challenge Tour this year and possibly some of the Pro Tour. It just was. And the numbers back that up, by the way. After the first week, his running average was top of the Challenge Tour for the year. And all right, yeah. smaller field of statistical data to measure by, smaller races, so you don't have chances at, at more bad legs. But actually, one bad leg in a smaller race can do more damage. You don't have as much time to rebuild it or, or go again and, and build it back up again. He was solid. He handled it really well. And when you spent the last 10, 15 years with a microphone in your hand, the best thing is you can interview pretty well as well at the end of it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll listen to this in a minute. But again, I, look, I've, I've, I've known Chris for probably getting on near, near 10 years. Um, spent many a time in his company, professionally, socially, um, and some of the things he, he, he said, and he's, he's openly talked about his his career and the highs. And I'm pleased that modern darts fans have got to see some of this because I remember watching Chris at, at Lakeside, and in terms of games, his game against Martin Adams is up there in my top five games of all time. It just an un unbelievable game of darts. Um, and, and we saw Mace when he played in these big games hit 180s for fun and, and whatever. And when he openly talks about um, his depression and his his fight against other things in, in sport and one, what he went through to get himself out of that and then build his media career, to put himself back into that environment after 20 odd years takes a huge amount of courage to, to do and it was just remarkable to see it and I might be waxing lyrical about this and people might be going oh, I don't get it but honestly what what he went through in his career to, to do it I just think is amazing yeah I'll set him that really PB what he, what he brings to the sport and there's a lot of people who bring a lot to the sport who don't actually compete. Perfect example of someone being on the stream in Murph, you know, brings an awful lot to darts and doesn't play. For people who are fairly new to darts, Chris Mason's very much the same because we've not seen him on TV. Yes, he's been at the seniors and he's sensational on a Friday a double, he tell, tells us, and then obviously slides off the bat in the week. But from, a, from new fans to darts, watching or hearing Chris Mason and not seeing him play, it is good that he's been able to to back that up with obviously down on a win it Thursday he was sensational winning every game um Friday he dropped off but when that pressure came on the last tuple he, he'd done what he needed to do to 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 let the wins it was just and I haven't known him as long but I had the pleasure of I've had the pleasure of spending time with 
this over the past year. And it, for me, I am chuffed as well to see him. I was chuffed with the whole lineup, to be honest, last week. Last week was one of my favourite weeks of just watching the Live League Super Series. There's been some weeks that have stood out, and this one will stand out as one that's teed for many reasons for to see Tony O'Shea in the final. Yes, I talked about him a lot because he was my favourite, one of my favourite players growing up. To see Nito bat, obviously Nito hasn't got the headlines because Mace has done on and won it, but just to see him bat up, throw competitive darts, is a step in the right direction on what he wants to go and do now moving forward. It was just a great week and for Mace to win, it just topped it off. And I'm looking forward to seeing him bat the bat end of this week. I'm sure he's going to tell us that he's got absolutely no chance then, that he's not playing well these few days that he's got off. But we know he's going to win the day, and we he does and a win, it would would top it all off. But and the best of luck in what he's going to be a, another another great week in the first champion of champions for an awful lot of money. Yeah, let, let, let's hear what Mace had to say afterwards. Great. Chris Mason, what have you just done? Uh, I don't know. I'm, I, literally, I just feel like I've been put through the ringer all night. It's, um, yeah, like, enjoyable in a in a mad kind of way, but wow, this is so tough. Like, tougher than anything I've ever, ever played in, ever. At the start of the week, you started producing some good performances. People started taking note. But this night has been, not just here at the Super Series, one of the craziest nights of darts ever, anywhere. Yeah, the nine-dart shootout and then not knowing what was going on with that. And then, obviously, Richie and then Tony having to have another throw. Yeah, it was just, it was just mad. But it's been, a, it's, it's been a mad but in, in, enjoyable week. And, listen, a couple of old-timers and a couple of old faces. And I hope everybody's been totally, um, totally enjoyed it. You played your your chances down from the beginning of the week when we spoke to you in commentary you were saying you know I'm just going to go and see how it goes mm. did you ever think you'd be standing here right now as the winner no no not at all no not ever um, you know it's around what you do in a Tuesday night down the red line or down the dog and duck you know we all know like all, all the players that, that play in this all know that they can play to a certain ability but it's them producing and getting a bit of luck. Listen, I'm the first to admit some of the stuff I threw this week was horrific. Um, but it's all about timing, and uh, and this is like no other tournament. You know, it's you know it's not a knockout thing. You've got to change your mindset a lot, and yeah, it, it's it, it's incredible fun, but really tough. Well, a couple of things to ask you about moving forward as well. First of all. You've been invited to the World Seniors, looking forward to that? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Listen, it was my choice to try and qualify by right and see if I could get myself on the tour. Unfortunately, with this uh, and the workload that this has taken on, I was unable to attend as many tournaments as I wanted. So, listen, the offer was there. I'd, I'd be a fool to turn it down. I'm extremely grateful to all of the organisers for, for giving me a shot. And, listen, who knows? <laughs> On that gob, it was released. <clears throat> um, but Mace will be returning to the tavern for the seniors. I'm blooming excited. Yeah, look, it was the perfect time for that announcement to come. I think after the way that he performed throughout the week, especially confirming his spot on the Saturday night, and there's a couple of players that he's beaten last week. That will be there already. Obviously, Mark Dumbridge and Tony O'Shea, just two of the names that have 
already been announced. Richie Halson, obviously, in the top two of the order of uh, top three. Sorry, Richie just dropped outside uh, in the order of merit, but has played in two out of three of the TV events as well. So like, he's beaten some pretty tough competition that are already going to be there as well on his way this week. And this is just his first little taste of a comeback as well. Um, really, really excited for that. I mean, I am a, there is one thing I'm a little bit disappointed in from Mays. For a man whose fashion choice, whilst he's on TV, is rascal <laughs> as his, the, he needs a dart shirt. We'll get him a cheeky little dart shirt for the seniors. We, we've got to get him a dart shirt. On Especially par with the shirts you wear on TV. 25, 30 years ago, there wasn't an awful lot of choice, was there? The photos of, of Mesa in almost a, a blue button-up shirt, as a lot of the players used to wear, have a couple of sponsors stuck to it, short sleeves, whatever, a little bit baggy. There's so many options now. There's so many designs and personalization and customization. If he doesn't go all out akin to... Gary Anderson foul fashion levels, I will be devastated. <laughs> um, on this, look, and we, and we, we don't like from that as well. I'm going to tell him in person this week. I'm going to I'm going to yeah. video a conversation between myself and mate, asking him about his shirt um, choice for February. Look, look, we don't we, we don't hide from stuff, and we're, we're, I'm happy to answer this. I don't know if Gob's allowed to or whatever, but he says, do you guys? see a problem with the seniors' invitations, fill for all the players trying to qualify with invites just being handed out. Uh, my answer is no, I, I haven't got an issue with it. The same as anything in its infancy, you have to build it. And to build it, you need established names. The same as in the PDC in the start, there was, there was a lot of invites and we still see invites to certain tournaments even now because of what they are and what they bring. So look, the longer the seniors goes, the more it will move to less invites, but in its infancy, you have to have them. And that's just the way it works in my opinion. Yeah. And I've spent a lot of time at the tour level as well. And and an awful lot of the players appreciate that and understand that for 2023 calendar, world seniors made a commitment that at least a quarter of players for the World Championship, the World Match Play and the World Masters will be through qualifying criteria, whether that be standalone qualifiers or via the order of merits that they have. And that will continue to increase as time goes on. It, it has to as you as you become a, a bigger and, and more known sporting entity. I think the thing to remember is that for the very, very first World Championship, the commitment was made that every single former World Champion was going to be invited. I think that was a great touch. It was the perfect way to launch it. That, that wasn't replicated for the Masters and the match players. There's, there's far too many winners of, of those to have done it sort of thing. But I don't think too many of the invites, well, any of the invites really, if you've turned up and, and not treated it how it should be treated and how that the tour players are treating it, the chances are you're not coming back. 
you've had your one chance yeah. based on your history. Brilliant. See you later. And I, I think there's a couple of players that might spring to mind for, for some people in, in terms of that. The players that have performed well, that have taken it seriously, that have put the time in, the likes of Phil Taylor, Robert Thornton, Martin Adams, etc. They're essential to what the World Seniors is trying to do in the first couple of years. They are the big, well-known names that have still gone deep in every tournament as well. Let, let's not forget that. It's not as if these guys are are there for, for a payday and a clearing off first round. They are there to compete and, and take it seriously. We know full well that after the first year, Phil Taylor made, what, two finals and a quarter? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Two finals on the court. He's not content with that. He wants to come and play in the Super Series and he's been away and, and spent money on laser eye surgery so he can see the board better and start practicing even more. For a man that was completely done with the game five years ago, wanted absolutely no interest in it, it it's given him that desire once again. So, yeah, look, if you ask me that question in three years' time and it's still at the same level... And it's still only a quarter of the field coming through qualifiers and, and that sort of thing. My opinion on that will will change. But right now, it's 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 necessary to keep building the brand and the product. Yeah, just to add to that, Dob, I think it's I think it's essential that not only it's twenty five percent for the worlds. That's a key thing for me. It's twenty five percent across the three of the tournaments that are televised. That that's essential for the tour because you're not. It's not all focused then on the qualification criteria just for the one tournament. You've got the opportunities for the rest of the year, and which the calendar itself is is better spread for promotion this year or, or next year, and it just looks in a better place. But for someone to don't win, just back to me, for someone to don't win a Super Series just shows the level of the seniors and what the seniors level will produce moving forward. When you've got someone who doesn't want to win a Super Series week and put himself in a good position this week. Yeah, so from there, we've got two clips from our Matt Porter interview. Um, we'll play them back to back and then we'll discuss because there's some interesting points. Don't get me wrong, there's more points, but these are the two clips that we put out on social. So we'll do these two first. If that happens, would there be an exemption again or was it a one off last year for? players that have qualified no, it? for it and then go on to get a card would there be another exemption if it was passed it again and was it no it was a one off because of Covid rescheduling yeah yeah no that's why again that was one of the last we were asked yeah, to ask yeah. you because it looks as if it's rumoured to be early February now, right. so I didn't know that yeah it's going to be potentially afterwards and on that obviously there's why? no I, I've got no idea but that's okay. just the the very strongly rumoured date okay. it's, it's going to be early February right um also, the Grand Slam has always had that element. Are you looking for partnerships with the amateur game still, or is not, it still miles off at the really moment? Not really at the moment, no. I mean, we've got enough players coming from different aspects of our own system. You know, I've been quite consistent on this for the last couple of years. We want to reward players who play within our system. You know, I don't see enough compelling evidence at the moment to say that we should take players from outside our system. In the past, when the Grand Slam first started, there was a, a real strength in depth in the BDO system at the time. Yeah. We had some good players come through, many of them came over, some of them didn't. Um, you know, now we've got our own system that's got a strength in depth. I don't see, you know, and 
say you're playing if you're playing on one of these other circuits you're probably playing on the challenge tour as well yeah you know you may be playing on the development tour as well if your age is right or the women's series you know so um, the whole reason for us to develop a structure was to give players at all levels the opportunity to integrate with us, you know, so from development tour, challenge tour, pro tour, the overseas tours, you know, so what we've got our own system now. Yeah, that's fair. With the associated tours and everything like that, the CDC um, doing great things and made a bold decision that tour card holders from next year won't be able to go back and play and qualify for PDC yeah. events through that. Is that something that you're looking to do in other tours to, to stop the loopholes? It's difficult, isn't it? There's a, there, there's definitely two two sides to that argument, and I can sympathise with people on both sides of the argument. There. It is difficult. You want to keep the conveyor belt going. You want to keep the production line going. If you allow tour card holders to come back and play, do they just hoover up all the spots forever? If you don't, do you stifle their development? It's really difficult to get that right. you know. So we look at... First of all, is it's not our decision. It's the local association's decision, but they generally would make it in conjunction with us, and we would talk beforehand. But we would, you know, look at the unique circumstances of each territory, yeah. and and kind of, and also to be honest, if we make a decision like that with, between us and we feel it's wrong, we'll change it. You know, we, we we've always been flexible. We've always been happy to say no. We did A. Now we're going to do B. Um, so you know. Let's see how that goes, but I definitely understand both sides of the argument. Yeah. Same argument with the development tour and, and tour card holders. Will, will that stay next year? That tour card holders can drop back into the development tour. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. At that age, at that age, and that stage of your career, the more competitive opportunities you've got, the better for your development. Clip one. If this one's shorter, by the way, then we'll discuss. Does it make it harder to go back the longer it's away? It does. Yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't mean we don't want to go back. We do want to go back to Ireland. We do want to have uh, uh, one of our bigger events in Ireland, away from just the one night, i.e. the Premier League. Yeah. There aren't many venues. You know, I mean, we've been looking. If anybody knows of a really good <laughs> four to 5,000 seat arena in Ireland, please send me the details because we can't find it. Um, but there are a couple of options. It's difficult. And because there are so few venues, they get booked up so early. Yeah. We need a 10-day tenancy, which isn't easy. We need it in a certain week of the year, which isn't easy. Um, but we are keen to do something in Ireland. City West was a great venue for us. It's had two years as a COVID centre. It's going to have two years as a yeah. Ukrainian housing centre. People will say that that eliminates pretty much the holiday time for the players. And then no, the it doesn't. And it doesn't. No, element. it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Because they can choose to go on holiday. No one's got a gun to their head being forced to go to these events. No one's got a gun to their head being forced to play in any event. If a player wants to go on holiday, as I've said before on plenty of occasions, they're perfectly within their rights, and I would encourage them to go on holiday because you can't play in everything or you'll be knackered. You know, so manage your calendar, manage your schedule. If you need to miss something, then choose what you want to miss. You know, but I do think that it, players should be encouraged, and, the, and some of the well-managed players will miss events because it's the right thing for them to do, to take a break, to have some family time, some time away from the pressures, from the media, from the fans, just unwind, chill out and come back fresher. You can't have a player get into September, October exhausted because they've played every week. You know, so look, some guys can do it. Some guys don't care, they just want to play, 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 play. That's great, That's, it's entirely their prerogative. But if you want to have a break, have a break. I love Matthew's interviews. Yeah. Um, right. We'll go through the points before we open up question time. Um, the one that 
says to me was interesting was on the are they looking for partnerships and it was the line I haven't seen enough compelling evidence was pretty telling the reaction to not knowing when the WF intend to host their world championship was pretty telling that means the communication lines are dead there's nothing there that wasn't active yeah. that was genuine shock it wasn't play it off, oh yeah, we know the date, they just haven't announced it sort of thing. That was genuine, I have no idea what the bloody hell they're doing. Yeah. Why would he know if the players don't? Yeah, look, communication lines are an all-time low by, by that. Yes. Next. Uh... <laughs> Um, obviously, the tour card, like you say, not going to get an exemption this year. So players do have a decision to make. Especially with um, the Lakers Championship. Made, Probably a bigger decision. Yeah. yeah. It was made pretty clear when that decision was made last year, wasn't it? It was a one-off. So I wasn't say. It was, a, it was made that this is a one-off exemption and they've, they've stuck to the word of that and... I don't know why they would change that. Well, you you change it if there was a line of communication and they were trying to work as a partnership. But that obviously shuts that it's one down. Not there, is it? Um, yeah. The loophole. He gets both sides of the argument, but it's down to the relevant tours to shut them. I don't agree personally, but and that's why I'm a. I really think what the CDC have done is a, a great decision. I understand that the field would potentially not be as strong if you had all your associate qualifiers not being tour card holders, as they did miss out. But then they've had their opportunity, and hopefully we'll see more. But. I don't see any time soon, as he seems to say there, that that will change, that there'll be a general rule that you can only qualify through one route, whether you're on the Pro Tour or at a associate qualifier. Development Tour won't change next year, Gov. Stupid. <laughs> um, I guess it's, if, that, if, that's, if that's not going to change... I would just like to see if they are going to be able to play in it. That's fine, but they can't then qualify for certain tournaments through it. Is I'd like to see removed. So if you're a tour card holder and you can play in the Dev Tour, because to his point there, which you know is a valid point in the sense of they are at an age where they want to play as much darts as possible. But the the biggest issue of that is for me is the fact that they are stopping someone else getting an opportunity of qualifying for the world for the grand slam for the uk open when they've already got a different route to do that yeah but at least we know it's not changing next year there's no speculation that he's max confirmed that it, yeah. it won't change um obviously they want to go back to ireland um which is which is good look it's not going to be next year if they've already committed to to leicester um 
and take a break if you want a break, boys. <laughs> yeah. On that point, uh, there's a couple of things to make here. Firstly, given where one of the breaks would usually fall, the phrase put a gun to their head, probably not advisable. Secondly, just pause for that moment. Secondly, if that is true on an invitation-based event, it, it, that we take that more particular towards the World Series, and that there are players waiting in the wings that are ready to step up and take those chances and, and be invited to World Series events in particular, depending on which events players choose to miss to manage their schedule, etc. Um, then I do not believe anything they've said about the Premier League for the last 20 years and that players have to be commercially viable. Because if there are players waiting in the wings for the World Series event, then there are players waiting in the wings for the Premier League Other than that, I thought it was a great answer. <laughs> um, the full interview is on our YouTube channel, um, so go and check that one out. Right, we will open up question time. We've got a few more bits to do before that, so get your questions in now. Um, a whole host of world qualifiers happened at the weekend. Ben Rob is heading to Ali Pali, so pleased for him. Um, spent a bit of time with him at the World Cup, genuinely good guy pleased for him um by the look of it the standard at the ukrainian qualifier wasn't particularly good um and of course diego went to brazil and won the diego qualifier hmm. yes and yeah i mean the lads that won the ukrainian qualifier i saw some averages on the saturday night i think it was and his was mid to low 80s, and it was comfortably above everybody else. And I'm pretty sure he's the one that progressed. So in terms of being yeah. head and shoulders in that field, above everybody else, granted, I think Matt Porter gives a really good interview about the Ukrainian yeah, yeah. qualifier being hosted in Kiev. Um, so, yeah, look. It's a world championship. It's a one-off. I appreciate that the world championship should be, or in, in a lot of people's eyes, is the best of the best players in the world competing. But I'm not completely sure it is. The world championship is the best players from each region, from from around the world coming together, no matter what standard you are. The Olympics doesn't just rule out people because they're not top 10 or top 16 in the world, they're the top person from that country and, and are unable to come and participate. And the more regions, the more countries, the more that we allow into the World Championship, the better, because it's just the biggest event. Yes, the first round suffers a little bit, but without that experience, without that opportunity, without that people seeing that, you're never going to grow anywhere else. And it will just be a European mainland sport. Yeah. Um, so, weekend darts. Have we missed anything else? Obviously, but what? Nothing else I can think of. That 
that's the case then, we'll go to question time. Um, so, um, interesting one from Ben. He said, players should have two chances to qualify for Ali Pali. If these international players are going to have their regional tours as well, um, they should be banned from the PDPA qualifier, then everyone gets two chances. I like that. Yeah. I really yeah. like that. The, the, PDP, the PDPA should only be for people that have only had one opportunity. Yeah. Um, uh, Sam says, um, is there too many tour card holders if there's a dev tour? Um, so just 96 make it um, more money into less players and make it more lucrative. 96 doesn't break down for a straight knockout. So you'd all you constantly have a prelim round prelim. and players getting fired and whatever else. And it just gets a bit messy. It's 128 or it's 64. Do I potentially see a future where there's 64 tour cards instead of 128 and something a little bit more brutal? Potentially. And a, a bigger feeder tour, maybe a bigger challenge tour, bigger opportunities elsewhere to play that, maybe. But not the minute. Yeah. I think they'll stick with the model they got. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Um, will Mac Top keep his tour card? I know I need darts rankings for something. Uh, at the moment, he is a country mile. About twenty-three grand off of sixty-four. No, then. Unless there's a max top qualifier that we don't know about. It's good. It's part of the world championships for the best ranked max top. <laughs> even even if he gets to the worlds, he's going to have to get to at least round three, if not round four. Yeah, we don't see. Well, right, look, funny things. The way that we can look funny. at it is for most of the season, and even mostly himself, Glenn Durant has pretty much written off his chance of being a tour guide holder next year. Right, we spoke to him recently. He throws back. He says he's feeling good, but. I, didn't sound very optimistic about being a 2023 tour card holder. He's 14 grand better off than Matt Topp is in the tour card race. Yeah. So, no is the answer for me um, and the rest of the boys. Um, best celebrity darts player. Oof. What are we calling a celebrity? Well, anyone that's not a professional dart player but is a celebrity one of the cricketers then uh, I, I, no, remember from, I remember from the sport relief if yeah. i remember right lee mack lee mack is he also holds two darting world records for a tv show most Bullseyes on most single sevens, I think. Tim Vine's also a very, very steady dart player. Vine, yeah. Another comedian. Um, Alan Chamberlain can play darts. Don't write her off at all. 
And then obviously the lockdown series, Dave Allen, the boxer, he can play. Um, I think a couple of the cricketers can play, but not the ones that you saw on TV. So Alistair Cook and Jimmy Anderson played at the World, as did Frank Lampard and I can't remember who Frank played against now. And I believe Alex Hales is the best dark player that's a cricketer. Yeah, I was going to say, Alex Hales can, can play. Alex Hales can play. Doesn't... Mark Williams and... Um, Sean Murphy has apparently hit a 9 dart. I don't believe that. Yeah, but yeah, doing nine dot nine dot one one four seven holy one supposedly. He's yeah. Sean Murphy apparently is the only man on the planet that has a one four seven a nine and a hole in one. Yeah, not having it. But because he's a professional snooker player, he will tell you that one's the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've done that one. Um, should the PDC have a spot for every nation at the World Championships from Tommy? Uh, not for me. No. Not every nation, not because at that point, you're pretty much ruling out. They, they could have a World Open. Yeah, just not at the World Championships. Yeah, be qualifying. Or put them on the same day as the Masters. But again, that means costing and whatever. And that's basically um, what the World Cup is to me now. Uh, Craig says, "How you doing, mate? Uh, who do you guys are going to think? Who do you guys think win the European Championships next week? One of the top three? I think Peter Wright, right, right. But I'll tell you that that's again. Next, I'll change the mind before next week." Uh, Robo says, are Unicorns still a premier equipment manufacturer as they have lost a few players on the roster, also the PDC moving to Windmill? Um, but they're still one of the leading manufacturers in the sport. Are they the best? No, not for me. Um, but they're, they're still there, just not in the not in the top three for me. Uh, is there a version or sorry is there a version to have Europeans more on the vision sorry um, yeah look it's all down to the travel getting the Europeans over and when they're over here and stuff like that but yeah look, we're, we're trying we've had a more European feel recently plenty of Dutch and Germans over some Scandinavians so all good um so, question, chat room's on fire today, boys. Yeah, feel free to jump in if you see anything. I was just going to follow one of the questions that Big Johnny's asked is, what odds on right using the same darts next week? I'm assuming that means for the European Championships. And I want Dob to answer that one because Dob's just said he's going to win it next week. Is he going to use the same darts he's just used? Are you having him to win it with some different ones? Uh, yeah, but he played pretty well there, so he's in good form. <laughs> Um, Bob says, if Fallon Sherrick wins the women's series, does she win a tour card 
or will she have to go to Q School? Uh, no, Q School is the route for the women's series. Um, the top two get a place at the Worlds, and it will be Fallon and Lisa at the Grand Slam. Uh, Lisa for top of the order of merit, Fallon for winning the women's world match play. Um, can Ronnie O'Sullivan play darts? I don't know, but I'd love to think so. <laughs> yeah, we can. He can play both right-handed and left-handed, probably. <laughs> Could you imagine the scenes? <laughs> that would that would do one over on Sean Murphy. If Ronnie was the only player to do one four seven right hand left hand, then a nine darter right hand left hand. Not true. Uh, any Robo says any idea what the last PDC international spot is going to be at the World Championships? No. Maybe the best Max Hop. <laughs> um, look, they'll put it wherever they see fit. Want to? Can we take Matt Ford um, off the screen now, by the way? Staring at you a bit weirdly still. Oh, uh, yeah, sorry. That's my fault. I, normally we... Not that I'm playing for the against Matt Ford. I gave a really good interview, but he's just looking it's at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what, what's happened is Dob hasn't pissed anyone off tonight. He's got to four minutes left of the show and he's thought, oh, I'll just have a did at Matt Porter for sitting there staring at me. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think uh, I've annoyed uh, you. I can't see yeah. me being in... Goodbye anytime. <laughs> um, the next one is on ITV, which is the European Championships. Next starts next Thursday. Um, are you streaming the Pro Tours? Uh, yeah, we need to sort out after the show tonight. But of course, uh, interesting one from Ben, and we've spoken about this a lot in our WhatsApp and when we have chats. It's an interesting one. If there was a Saudi darts tour, which players would be the first to switch? Depends how much money was on offer. It don't even depend how much money was on offer. If the money, if the money's on the same level as the goal to play less events and earn the same amount or more, there is only two answers to this. Only one for Gary. Gerwin Price and Gary Anderson. They're gone. Gerwin Price was the, the the name for me. Oh, Gary as well. If you uh, last couple of years, Gary, Gary earning megabucks for a few TV appearances, and he gets to go, oh, oh do they fish in Dubai? <laughs> I'm sure they can find something. Um, to be fair, it would be interesting. Look, yeah, it happens in every other sport that someone with more money comes along. It would be interesting if that happened. Yeah. Live darts on BT Sport. 
Could you imagine? Saints. Um, it's a bit warmer oh, if you go out there for Christmas for the World Championships as well. Yeah. Well, you try. Um, yeah. Um, what did I just see there? Um, is it uh, evening Terratopia? I could Ballon d'Or for darts players. Um, if their players were voting 128 votes, who would win? That would actually be interesting to see who the players voted for. <laughs> Don't they do that? Am I being... What awards are there at the end of season awards? Pro Tour Player of the Year. Fans. Player of the Year. Fans Player of the Year. Fans Player. I don't think there's a player. Breakthrough. Breakthrough of the year. TV performance, maybe. TV yeah. performance. Yeah. The Ballon d'Or yeah, is voted on by a specified journalist from a certain number of nations. At which point, are we suggesting that one of us three contributes to a BBC award? To be honest, that would be one of our shows for two hours. The three of us debating who should be who should win the award because us three can never agree on anything. So, well, I've got an even better <laughs> idea. What we do is we set up subdivisions of OD in countries where there is no dark media presence whatsoever, and we apply for their votes as well. <laughs> I mean, the higher percentage. I'm not. I'm not colluding with you on my vote. I just want to say, James Wade yeah. will get a vote every single year until the day I die or he retires. Um, <laughs> a bit like that guy that voted Leonardo Bonucci for Ballon d'Or last year. Will um, Will Sky or any other channel broadcast the Eurosport events in future years? Do you think? Uh, look, maybe one year. Look, it's already on. The zone and sport one in continental Europe. So, look, I wouldn't I, be that big a step up from now, given the level of production that goes into yeah, the, the matches. The, the production and all that's good enough. It's just a case of is there shit? Is there room on a channel to, to take it? And would the PDC want to? Because it also then takes people away from PDC TV. I, I don't know. Look. Could it happen? Yeah, absolutely. The broadcaster would pay for it. So the broadcaster would have to contribute the loss that they lose from PDC TV, but that also comes yeah. from priority ticket access. The issue would be that the production of matches is fine. One, you'd have to find a host and a pundit team as well as commentary. And it is a very busy weekend. You can't just throw in and out of stage to fill it and then graphic on screen for an actual TV channel. And two... We'd lose the Euro Tour DJ as a viewer. Oh, yeah, no, in the craft. The Euro Tour DJ is the absolute don. Yeah. So, so I refuse it to ever go on TV because there are some 
moments where the playlist with scores on show is more entertaining. Right, last question, and it will split opinion. Which is more likely, MVG to win more than five worlds or Lewis to win a third? MVG to win more than five worlds. Right now, I agree. The the return of how Lewis is playing is good to see. However, that isn't world championship form. It's just an improvement on where his game has been. Whereas MVG looks looks set to win one in the next couple of years, you would expect. You'd be surprised if he didn't. Probably the best way to look at it. If someone says in the next two, three World Championships, you'd expect MVG's name to be on at least one of those. Yeah, I agree. And I agree with Jar as well. Right, everyone. Thank you very, very much for spending your Monday evening with us here at Online Darts on the Live Land. Remember, the Super Series returns tomorrow, Champions Week 9.30, Sporty Stuff TV and on YouTube. Um, Plenty going on this week as well. And, of course, European Championships next week. We will be there. Lots and lots going on, including the Pro Tour streams this week as well. I'm in Phil Bars, Jack Garwood, Lee Boyce, and all of you beautiful people for joining us. That is us signing out for another Monday, and we'll see you all next week for the live lounge.